Going Linux, Episode 396, Edit and Manage Photos on Linux, Part 1. Welcome to the Going Linux Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy. And I'm your co-host, Bill. Whether you're new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you valuable information and advice that will help you in Going Linux. We hope that you'll find this and all of our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done. If you want, you can send us feedback at our email address at goinglinux at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 1-904-468-7889. In today's episode, part one of Editing and Managing Photos on Linux. Hello, Bill. Hey, Larry. How are you today? I am doing well, and you? Anything new on the distro hopping or non-hopping front? <laughs> uh, nope, uh, still on uh, Manjaro. I okay. got some of my first big updates uh, a couple weeks ago for uh, both my machines. The first one was about uh, 1.3 gigabytes, and um, it worked well. Everything's worked after, and it took about 25 minutes. And my little test machine, it was that one was only like 730 megabytes, and it took about 15 minutes. Still loving with Euro, so it works great. Um, I didn't instantly install. I kind of waited to see if I if it would break if I waited a little while. No, everything just worked. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, the uh, only thing I I, I want to many ran about is I hate PDFs. Oh wow, PDFs that we've been dealing at work. Um, we've been having to use um, some PDFs for a project we're having, and even on Windows, PDFs are a pain. And um, yeah. I, I was able to use Linux to you know, do some basic editing, but I just hate PDFs. No one likes them. Um, software, some you know, you have to have a, a, license, a license to from uh, Adobe to you know to to try to use, to, them. to yeah. use them and you know they you you might use one program and it might change a setting and then the other person can't it's just pdfs are a nightmare it's like yeah yeah proprietary formats like that i just wanted to go and just say ah i hate these we battled with these things and forever but we finally got them done and that made pdfs burn uh, in the bowels of hades forever <laughs> yeah, PDFs are one of those things where it started off. Uh, we need a format that we can put documents into that are essentially a picture of a document. And rather than photo editing software, they decided to come up with this proprietary thing. And then eventually it became, oh, now, you know, we've got a lot of demand for editing these things. Yeah. So let's add that in and, oh, we want to do forms. And so it's grown over time. And if they had just stuck with some word processor or something, it would probably have made it a lot easier. But, hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're causing me to have uh, uh, terrible flashbacks of dealing with these. I mean, this, is, this was a week-long uh, event. Um, you know, we at work trying to get these, and they had the software. But if this old version of the software 
wasn't updated to the most current one, then the ones they did wouldn't work for other people. And other people, if they were using a different program, then to, to edit the form, then it, it would save it, and it wouldn't be editable for these other people. And it went yep. back and forth. And it was just—it wasn't just Linux; it was Windows. Uh, and I just, like, oh yeah, it, and we were all just like, we all hate PDFs. They just—they are just a nightmare. And right, yeah. So anyway, enough of the PDF. But it's just like saying I—I I officially hate PDFs with a passion and along with half my other coworkers, we just want to burn down anybody that come up with this idea that PDFs were a good, were a good idea to use for this project. Mm-hmm. So anyway, moving on to something much more um, interesting and fun is when I was putting together this episode, I, I didn't realize how many photo applications that are available on Linux. The, the ones I've listed today in today's episode are just the tip of the iceberg. And then I another thing is I realized that photography has its own language and and oh, yeah. its own uh, technical terms and really you know just I'm sitting there going I'm stupid. Okay, I mean, it's like I did not realize. It's like trying to understand uh, a whole different cultures, uh, uh, features, and uh, you know, I was when I was putting together. It's like, what does this mean? And I went and had to actually Google this stuff. And it's like, oh, and even the Google explanation made me go, what does that mean? So, right, yeah, right. Yeah, the photography is fascinating and it's deep and it's um uh it's it's really interesting, but you're just going, "Wow, I didn't realize I was that stupid." Uh, well, but it's you fun. have to you have to think about the fact that, you know, for over 200 years they've been developing their own language and technology and everything else and uh just for the listeners, uh, neither one of us, Bill nor me, were we're not experts in photography, so we may get some technical terms wrong. We'll try to define the things that maybe um, we don't understand, and usually that's from Googling. <laughs> but uh, hopefully we get most of it right. Uh, our main objective here is to continue on with our series around uh, providing some uh, episodes that give you an idea of what you can do practically do with uh, Linux and photo editing uh, and managing photos and creating photos and editing photos and all of that are uh, are all part of a very rich suite of tools that are available for Linux and uh, that's that's the purpose of this episode yeah and I might get a handle on it in oh I'd say five or ten years you know come on there you go uh, yeah sure uh, there's lots of uh, YouTube resources, and I've watched uh, a few of them, especially on some of the ones we'll be talking about today. And halfway through it, my eyes are glazing over, going, I never realized how much these things can do. So, yeah. With that said, today we're going to go over some programs that you can use in Linux to manage your photos from viewing them or to modifying them 
or to even uh, organizing organizing them. Uh, one of the great things about Linux is there's a good number of choices. Oh yeah, and we're we're not going to be going over all of the programs. That would be impossible, but we are hoping to give you a starting point. So let's see what we have to talk about, Bill. <laughs> okay, Larry. The first thing uh, you need is a way to get the pictures into the computer and have them ready. Oh, to camera. Speak. Plug them in. Go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It, it's that. It's that easy, but it's not that easy. So, okay. You, know, you had to get them into the computer so you can start organizing them and then viewing them. So let's start uh, with that and and see what we you, what we have to do. Some of these applications will do both. So we'll try to let you know when the application will import them and organize them as we go along. Right, exactly. And yes, you can take a USB cable from your camera directly and put it into the uh, USB port of your computer, or you can take the SD card if your camera has one of those, and or mini SD card, depending on what you've got, and plug it into your laptop, let's say directly, or through an adapter or reader or something like that. So once you have the photos in your computer to begin working with them, uh, you'll need a program to be able to manipulate these or at least as, as a minimum organize them. So the first program we're going to talk about is Shotwell, and we could probably have an entire episode just on Shotwell. It's an image organizer that's designed to provide personal photo management for the GNOME desktop environment, although you can use it on any desktop environment. The main features of Shotwell are these. Import photos from disks or digital cameras. Event, tags, and folder-based organization. Basic photo editing features and format conversions. Supports uploading to web services. Some examples of that are Facebook, Flickr, Tumblr, etc. And so with that in mind, what's next on the list of software that we can use here, Bill? The next one we're going to talk about is Digicam. And Digicam is developed uh, for KDE. But like I said, any of these you can use on any of the uh, your desktop environments. It's just not, not locked in, but you'll find... Digicam uh, in KDE usually, or you can download it. And it comes with a lot of features with an interface that works real nice. Uh, the main features for Digicam are it's a photo organizer. It can do albums, sub-albums, tags, comments, metadata sorting, uh, support. It uh, also uh, will import your photos. Uh, it will go, it will import from digital cameras, USB devices, web al albums, including Picasso, if that's still a thing. <laughs> I think it still is. Uh, and I don't face know. Uh, uh, maybe. So if Picasso might be closed down <laughs> now, but if you still have Picasso, it will do it. Uh, and Facebook, and and it has some other features. The then it will export the photos, uh, so it will it can uh, export to various online uh, platforms, and it can do, of course, format conversion. 
And of course, then it has a photo editor and it has a, uh, has a wide range of photo editing operations. And I've heard uh, that Digicam is very good. Yeah, it's one of the first um, photo management and editing software that I used uh, because I started off on KDE and it was installed by default and got to know it pretty well. Uh, certainly no expert, but um, between Shotwell and Digicam, they're, they have some comparable features, uh, yeah. definitely some differences, and you pick the one that's best for you. And the nice thing about Linux is you don't have to pay anything for any of this software. So as a result, you end up uh, being able to try them without having to make a financial commitment and use the one that's best for you and best suits your lifestyle and, and your work, uh, your workflow. Yeah. So you really, you have lots of choices as you're going to see. Yep. Okay. So the third program we're going to talk about is something called G thumb. So, Bill, is this something that you look at your thumb and you go, gee, uh, no, I guess no. not. No. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, kidding aside, G-Thumb is a lightweight photo management application built mainly for GNOME desktop environment. It includes all the basic photo management features as well as some editing and advanced operations. Some of the main features of G-Thumb are image viewer, supports all of the major image formats, including GIF, GIF, whatever you want to call them, and metadata. So XIF, XMP, etc. So metadata is that um, data that's included with your photo that tells you where the picture was taken, what date and time, what the camera f-stop and other things are. So that's an example of metadata. Um, image browser, all the basic browsing operations, thumbnails, move, copy, delete, etc., and bookmarking support are also part of the image browser. Image organizer, organize photos with tags, catalogs, and libraries, importing photos from digital cameras, web albums like Picasso, Flickr, and Facebook, uh, all are provided as integration. And last but not least, image editing, basic photo editing options, including filters, format conversions, and stuff like that. So we have another one that it's a little bit, uh, it's interesting, and I'm just doing it in there, um, and it's a little different from the others, and I just wanted to throw it in here as an honorable mention. It might be good for people that are moving over from OS X or Windows, and I'm going to try to pronounce this. I'm going to murder it, but it's spelled P-I-W-I-G-O. So uh, I guess Pi Pi-Go, I guess that's as close as I'm going to get to it. Anyway, good it, yeah, good enough. Um, it's an open source photo gallery program written in PHP uh, with a large community of users and, and developers, uh, fe uh, featuring a number of customizable features and themes and pluggable interface. It, it's been around for over 17 years. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And I, it's more than I can say for some of these cloud solutions that, that most of the mobile phones uh, use as default now. Uh, Piago, I think that's, uh, has a mobile app, uh, too, so you can sync straight from your phone. So I grabbed I grabbed that from their website. It, it, uh, if nothing else, it's great to see there's an open source solution, uh, 
and one of the cool features is that you can uh, self-host this um, if you don't want to use like Google uh, Drive or Amazon or anything like that. You can actually uh, host this on your own um, hardware. Uh, but they also offer a service that you, you can let them host it too. Uh, you know, they they charge a fee after the trial period, but it might be an option if you're looking for something other than that's what's been offered by Apple, Google, Microsoft, or Amazon. I kind of went and watched one of their tutorials, and it, it, it's 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 pretty cool. But it's also nice that if you don't want to pay them anything and you have some, uh, you know, whether you have a DigitalOcean droplet or whatever, or your own server, you can uh, take that software and you can uh, run it and you can use that to uh, to sync your photos and store your photos. Um, and so it's kind of like if you want to self-host it, that's great. If you want to let them do it, uh, they can uh, also help you with that. You know, make it as simple as any of the other cloud solutions. It's not really a f uh, a f you know it's the same as ones we're talking about, but it was just one I ran across. I had never heard of it, and after reading about it and and kind of seeing um, maybe uh, what it was able, I said, well, this is definitely an honorable mention. So if you're looking for a place to store and do some basic editing and stuff, maybe this might help uh, or might be of interest. Yeah, so unlike Shotwell or Digicam or Gthumb, this isn't an application that you install on your computer. This is a cloud-based thing, right? Yeah, it's a cloud-based thing, but the cool part, since it's open source, you, if you don't want to have them host it, but you want to host it and you want to control all your where all your photos are and where they're stored, uh, you can actually put it on a, one of your own servers, or you can use one of your, um, you know, uh, another uh, solution. You're not locked into an Apple, Google, or um, hmm. uh, or Amazon ecosystem. So I just thought it was I thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So if you use the cloud solution, you have to pay a fee. If you download it and install it on a server, your own server, and I'm assuming that if you only have one computer, you can make that computer the server as well. Do you still have to pay a fee for no. using the software or downloading it? So no. you can use it in true open source fashion as yeah, true, installed on a server yeah. then. Okay. Yeah, true open source fashion. Uh, I, how uh, I think they make, uh, how they support the project is um, people that um, have, you know, large amounts of, of photos and stuff that they don't want, they want to have complete control over. Um, yeah. They these guys will host it and stuff like that. But if you want the uh, the same features but you don't want to pay them anything, you go right to their website. I'll show you where to get it, and there's uh, some tutorials and some um, uh, ways that you can just say, okay, I want it on my server, and I don't want to pay anything, and that's cool too. Yeah, no, that's good. That's yeah. good. That's the only one of that for that sort. Just something I thought was uh, fascinating. So I said, I'm going to throw it in there. Maybe it will uh, serve someone's need. Their host is, uh, is, is very new user friendly. Um, but if you're going to host it yourself, you probably need to be a little bit more advanced and to get it set up. But there are, it does, uh, there are information on how to set it up and stuff. But if you just want something other than what's mainly offered, this might be a solution. Mm hmm. Absolutely. 
Um, and I'm assuming since it's cloud-based, it has some way of getting photos directly from your phone uploaded to the cloud. Yeah, they have an application. Database, right? Yeah, they have yeah. an app- yeah, application for your phone. So you can say, you know, upload just like you can do for, uh, you know, Apple iCloud or the, uh, Amazon or the, um, what's the, uh, other one? The, uh, the OneDrive for, offered by Microsoft, you know, but it's oh, just, yeah. A, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of the same idea. Only it deals mm-hmm. with just photos. So yeah, you can have it, you can take a picture and I guess you can, I, I don't have it installed. But uh, I guess you'd just say I, you know, uh, it would automatically upload it to the wherever you have it, whether it's your server or their server. I mean, so mm-hmm. it's just okay. just another option. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds interesting. Uh, moving back to KDE, though, just for a second, there's another program that you might want to try out. It's called Gwenview. G W E N. V-I-E-W. So Gwenview is fast and easy to use, uh, and it's an image viewer for KDE, and it is ideal for browsing and displaying a collection of images. Uh, Some of the features it has include support uh, for simple image manipulations like rotating, mirror, flip, and resize. It supports basic file management actions such as copying, moving, deleting, and others as well. It functions both as a standalone application and an embedded viewer in the Conqueror web browser. So Conqueror uses Gwenview uh, to preview images and view images within the uh, web browser. And it can be extended using KIPI plugins. Kippy plugins? Kippy, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Keepy. So Keepy. I've heard of Gwynview. I think I've used Gwynview a few times. Uh, I have as when, well, yeah. When I first started. I, um, so I usually just whatever – Shotwell I've used a lot, but I, uh, there's a few more that we'll be talking about that are kind of my some of my new favorites. But let's go on for a little bit. Here's one that uh, – it's called uh, Gnome Photos, and their website says that it – that you can use it to access, organize, and share your photos on GNOME, and it has a and it is a very simple and elegant replacement for using a file manager to deal with photos. So basically, this deals with just photos. So you, you know, when you open your um, your file manager, <laughs> you know, it displays everything you have, all your document stuff. This one just does photos, and it can enhance. Uh, crop and edit, and it's it's pretty straightforward and easy. Uh, I do not think I have used this one. I've looked at it, but I've never really used it. Um, but I'm going to add it to lists uh, of things to try. The photos on the website look really good, and I will include a link in the show notes if you want to ch- check them out. It says that it is available in Flatpak, and I'm almost sure uh, it's available in a snap. Okay. Well, uh, with that in mind, then, since that particular application is photos only, I have to mention that the Shotwell application and Digicam, and I'm not sure about Gthumb, but those... Um, applications will handle videos as well. So from an organizer perspective, you can organize anything that's on your camera, whether it's videos or photos. And uh, you'll probably want a video editor to do any 
significant editing of videos, but you can organize everything using the other applications. It sounds uh, like GNOME Photos is photos only. Well, it might. I didn't when I was uh, looking through the website and at the features and stuff. I didn't. It might do it. Uh, I'm not going to say it doesn't. Um, but it, the only thing I saw it says is, is, is to deal with photos. So yeah. uh, if we're wrong, we're sorry. If it deals with uh, videos, please let us know. Uh, but neither one of us have u- used uh, GNOME uh, photos very much. Uh, I've, I've looked at some screenshots, uh, but I have just haven't you know, gotten the time to look at it and play with it. Because as you'll see, the farther down we go, there's even more... <laughs> There's more programs. I could spend a week just trying out photo applications. So, yeah. Yeah, which is why this is going to be a multi-part series here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and I also have to say that we have an audience that includes some uh, professional or semi-professional or very skilled uh, photographers and videographers. So, you guys and gals, if you have any... Uh, improvements to what we're talking about here or amplification of some of the features that you like best, please let us know and we'll include them in uh, future episodes. Yes. So as you're researching this, Google is your friend and here are some terms that might help. Uh, SSE is short for streaming SIMD extensions where SIMD is single instruction multi data. Now we're getting into some of that uh, technical gobbledygook that you were talking yes. about earlier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is useful for performing single mathematical or logical operations on many values at once, as is typically done for matrix or vector math operations. And how this applies to photos is JPEG, one of the common formats for photos, is is a commonly used method of lossy compression for digital images, particularly for those images produced by digital photography. The degree of compression can be adjusted, allowing a selectable trade-off between storage size and image quality. And SSE and SIMD are some things that you want to consider when doing just that. TIFF, or TIFF, is a tagged image file format, and it's abbreviated either TIFF or just TIF. And it's a computer file format for storing raster graphic images, popular among graphic artists and the publishing industry, and photographers as well. PNG, Portable Network Graphics, is raster graphics file format that supports lossless data compression, PNG was developed as an improved, non-patented replacement for GIF, GIF, or GIF, graphic interchange format. PNG supports palette-based images, grayscale images, and full-color, non-palette-based RGB or RGBA images. And PNG is typically the format that you get uh, screenshots in, for example, when you take them from um, Mac OS or from Linux and just save it. It will typically be in a PNG file format. 
as you can see, Larry, <laughs> that's just some of the terms. But you see what I'm saying? It's like they have their own language. And yeah. even the, exp uh, the explanations <laughs> of what these things are make me make my head hurt. But in, in all seriousness, uh, I just kind of want people to get an idea of there's this is really – it could be as simple as hitting the button to make it pretty or you could just do pretty much – some of these programs really do a lot. Uh, now that we have an idea on how to view and organize the photos, now let's look at some applications that we can use to edit them. The application that I'm going to introduce is a real powerhouse, and it's called Raw Therapy. And let me spell this because it always makes me smile when I re read that title or read the name of the application. It's R-A-W-T-H-E-R-A-P-E-E, -E -E, Raw Therapy, and it's all one word. And when I opened it up, it made me think of Photoshop on steroids. I just started looking at it, and it has tools on top of tools. I'm not even going to pretend to understand everything it does. I just finally found, I just hit the auto-magical button, and it does its thing, and that's how I've been using it. Um, I went to the website and to see a list of, of some of the features, uh, and I'm going to just read a few of them, uh, just because... It does things I have no idea for, I mean, what exactly it does. And it has features upon features. So the good news is open source and it's cross-platform. And it has an easy camera-like starting point. Um, it, it, they say it's easy. It made my eyes hurt with all the things and all the buttons and stuff you could do. Uh, and that's by the default. Now, raw therapy matches your raw photo uh, to look uh, like the out-of-camera JPEG, JPEG uh, photo, so you can export it as is or make further tweaks. Raw Therapy uses SSE optimizations uh, for better performance on modern CPUs and performs calculations in floating-point precision. It has color color management and using something called Little CMS Color Management System. It supports DCP and IC, ICC color profiles. Uh, it supports uh, the, some of the formats or uh, you know, the raw formats uh, uh, as well as floating point high DR. I guess that's uh, maybe high definition images. So it, it says HDR images in a DNG format and supports JPEG, TIFF, and, uh, and PNG. One of the cool things I thought is that this one also supports film negatives and monochrome cameras. So it just goes on and on and, and, and it does a before and after view to compare your latest changes to any of the, to the previous photos. So if you let you see the beginning and end, I guess. Uh, I usually just hit the automatical button and it makes it look good and I'm like, that works for me. Um, and it has lossless editing. All adjustments are, are, are stored in a PPE sidecar file. So I mean, it, it can preserve and edit and strip metadata from uh, exported images. It's just, it's crazy what this thing can do. And what's really cool and this will be helpful for some of our non-english speakers is it's uh, it has it's uh has 15 it, it, 15 languages that it's written that you know it's localized in 15 different languages 
So that's just some of the real, real, you know, high-level view. But this thing is like crazy what it can do. Uh, have you used raw therapy? <laughs> no, I've heard of it, <laughs> but I have not. I don't deal in raw image photos. I am not a professional or even semi-professional or even little bit professional photographer. I take photos on my phone and I look at them and I go, that's nice. And that's I use pretty. GIMP to, yeah, yeah. And I use GIMP to improve them if I need to. And that's it. Yeah. Well, that's it, it. You, you can... It, it supports raw, but you can all it all it will also support the JPEG and TIFF and PNG. Sure. So you know uh, our phones usually at the our cell phones will take it in like a unless you change it in the settings it goes to like a JPEG format. So but you so you can even use uh, it to um, edit those photos. But I, what I was just trying to get at, we're just reading some of that. Is raw therapy um, is is amazing as far as what it does and i've only listed a few of them so if you're a professional uh photographer and you're kind of like i you know i need to keep uh you know osx or windows because i need uh, adobe photoshop uh, this thing probably does everything photoshop does and more so if you're interested, I would definitely say, if you know what you're doing, raw therapy might be the one for you. So our next bit of software is something called Darktable. Let me just read a few of the features listed, but a more complete list is available through the links in the show notes. Non-destructive editing through the complete workflow, your origin images are never modified. Take advantage of the real power of RAW. All Darktable core functions operate on 4 by 32-bit floating-point pixel buffers, enabling SSE instructions for speed-ups. Sounds like I know what I'm talking about here, doesn't it? It's very, uh, very, very um, misleading. <laughs> GPU-accelerated image processing. Many image operations are light lightning fast, thanks to OpenCL support which is runtime, detection, and enabling. Professional color management. Darktable is full color managed, supporting automatic display profile detection on most systems, including built-in ICC profile support for sRGB, Adobe RGB, XYZ, and linear RGB color spaces, and WXYZ, ABC, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Cross-platform, uh, Darktable runs on Linux, Mac OS, Mac ports, BSD, Windows, and Solaris 11 and GNOME. Filtering and sorting. Search your image collections by tags, image rating, or stars, color labels, and many more. It uses flexible data queries on all metadata of your images. Image formats, Darktable can import a variety of standard, raw, and high dynamic range image formats. For example, JPEG, CR2, NEF, HDR, PFM, RAF, <laughs> Royal Air Force, huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, zero latency, zoomable user interface. Through multi level software caches, Darktable provides a fluid experience. 
tethered shooting support for instrumentation of your camera with with live view for some camera brands. Speaks to your language. Real photo geek language, I guess. Yes. Um, Dark Table currently comes with 21 translations. Albanian, Catalan, Czech, Danish, Dutch, French, German, <laughs> Greek, Hebrew, and more. Yeah, <laughs> lots more. Uh, powerful export system supports G+, that's Google+, which doesn't exist anymore, and Facebook web albums, Flickr upload, disk storage, one-to-one copy, email attachments, and can generate a simple HTML-based web gallery. Darktable allows you to export to low dynamic range, JPEG, PNG, TIFF, 16-bit, PPM, TIFF, or linear high dynamic range, PFM, EXR images. Never lose your image development settings. Darktable uses both XMP sidecar files as well as its fast database for saving metadata and processing settings. All XF data is read and written using libxiv2, L-I-B-E-X-I-V-2. And if you understood any of that, <laughs> you're doing better than Bill and me. So hopefully that was understandable. <laughs> the, uh, the This is the one that uh, b- between Raw Therapy and Dark Table, um, I've been playing with uh, Dark Table a little bit. And one of the most uh, important features that was listed is the non-destructive editing because you don't want uh, it never just you know takes your original and it, it will make a uh, from what I understand it takes the original and any changes it makes a copy of the original and applies those changes so your originals never really touch so you know if you if you mess up you haven't just totally destroyed your original you know, once in a lifetime photo of your um, your your kids, your wife, uh, wedding photos, etc., um, which can lead to divorce if you mess up those photos. Oh, so, yeah. uh, I think one of the important things that we're trying to get across is some of these programs are super simple. Some of them are not so easy. Some of them are very professional looking. And some of these formats, if you're not a photographer, you might go, I have no clue what any of these are. The, uh, I don't know if you use Darktable, but it's, it's, it's really, uh, it's really nice to look at, but you can just spend and two hours just kind of like, what does this one do? So right. these, you know, these, these things you can play with. And if you're a professional photographer or, or a, a hobbyist who does a lot, then some of these terms make perfect sense to you. To you. For me uh, and Larry, I, I can safely say um, we just kind of – when we need it, we plug it in, make a few adjustments, and we're done. So we, we put them in here just to say if you're moving from – uh, one of the, you know, photo, uh, Adobe Photoshop or another proprietary format, and you're kind of concerned that you're not going to have the support you need. That's where we think Raw Therapy and Darktable will work for you. Um, yeah, and if you're coming over from Microsoft Paint, oh boy, 
What a learning curve. <laughs> yeah, that, that's when you would probably use Shawwell or something like that you know, yeah. to get started. But the, the, the depth uh, of features that uh, all these applications offer, whether it's the you know simple one of one that just offers a, you know some simple you know fix uh, the the uh, the orientation and maybe you know flip it or adjust it do a little bit of color adjustment to changing metadata in a photos or stripping it out or whatever. I mean, there's something here for everybody. And like we said, if we were going to make this, it's going one more time. Neither one of us do a lot of image uh, changes or, or we, we might touch up a photo, but we're not professionals. We just wanted to kind of offer what is out there in Linux, and if and if we sound stupid, that's probably because I can say I'm pretty stupid when it comes to this. Because, I mean, there's so much I don't understand half of it, what these formats. Yeah. I've never heard of them, so I mean, it's just amazing that they that whoever these the, these application um, and software uh, developers have put so much time into open source uh, photo applications. It's wild. Yeah, absolutely. So do we have any more applications that we want to cover in this episode or uh, should we save them for later? No, yeah, we have a we have a few more, but before we go on, uh, I googled yeah. a few a few uh a few more of these just to maybe help people understand what the terms cuz we we just we've been throwing lots of uh uh, geek speak at them. So yeah. uh the, one of them is uh it's called PPM, a PP M file is a 24-bit color image formatted using a text format. It stores each pixel with a number from 0 to 65,536. <laughs> okay, uh, 65K, uh, which specifies the color of the pixel. PPM files also store the image height and width, white space data, and the maximum color value. So hmm. if you ever hear that, it, it, it's it's a, a format that stores the image for the file. You know, tells the I guess the, whatever the, the editing software what the color for each pixel is, which is crazy. Um, and then we have X, uh, EXR, and it's a high dynamic uh, range or HDR image uh, file format created by Industrial Light and Magic. And it supports multi-layer imaging, images, lossless, lossy and lossless compression, and a 16-bit and 32-bit pixels. <laughs> There's so many different file formats that you know most people would probably never, you know, <laughs> they'd take their you know pictures with their phone. <laughs> They're probably never going to uh, uh, really and even know what these are or need them. But it's nice that they're there. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I'm sure the uh, people who do this for a living would be very appreciative of the fact that all this stuff is available in Linux, so, yeah. no charge. So we've we've went talked about raw therapy, and we've talked about uh, Darktable, and really made people go, my head hurts. So I thought I'd end this episode with a simple one. 
Okay. <laughs> and I've actually been playing with this, and, and, and it reminds me a lot of uh, a single uh, paned GIMP. So the next application is called Photox, and its interface is very clean. It does not overwhelm you with choices. I downloaded this from the AUR Manjaro, but if you go to the website, they have pre-made packages and app images for this application. And the link is in the show notes. This might also be in your repository, so you could check there too. But some of the features are it can organize and manage a very large photo image uh, collections. Uh, it has a thumbnail viewer, a navigator, and a variable thumb size and metadata view. It has a click the thumbnail for full size view, image zoom in and out, and pan and scroll. And you can view the uh, gallery of recently viewed, or you, uh, you can view the recently edited images, or the newest images that, that you've uh, uh, uploaded into your computer. It has raw uh, file conversion, and it can do uh, one, or it can do a batch, and save as a TIFF or a PNG uh, with 16-bit color. And it can edit raw files directly using raw therapy, uh, or... Uh, there's uh, it has a feature called Photox edit and functions, so it can do just you know the basic you know brightness, color, contrast, trim, rotate. Uh, you can turn it to photo upside or the right side up, and it can resize and sharpen. And these are just some of the main features. Uh, I wanted in on something it was a lot simpler, but it's it's pretty powerful. Um, if you don't need all these super duper Superman feature, you know features, I would say try Shotwell or um, yeah, Gwynview or Digitcam. Uh, Darktable and Raw Therapy are really professional grade programs. I think they are because they have so many settings. But if you're just wanting to, you know. Make your images uh, uh, prettier with the simplest way. I would say go with Shotwell, uh, go with uh, Digicam. Uh, you know, it's, there's just so many options. You're just gonna that's half the fun. You'll be able to f look at all of them and find the one that works for you. And if we've totally made this un, if you've glazed over and just can't uh, uh, understand anything we said, join the club because we're like. Uh, we don't know what half this stuff does, but we want to kind of throw it out there and say, hey, it's there if you need it. Yeah, my brain hurts. So we're going <laughs> to push out hurts. the rest of this to part two, where we're going to cover a few more applications and go over how some of their features work. If you would like to learn about a specific application, drop us a line. We'll do our best to review that application <laughs> and talk about what it does, or if you would like to review the application and give us an overview of what it does or how you use it or why you would like to use it if you don't use it now, um, go ahead and record something and send that into us. We'd be happy to share that as an episode or part of an episode, depending on the length. And uh, we'd, we'd be pleased to have you do some of the work that'd be great <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah please uh, understand we're not photo guys we just wanted to uh, let you know about the applications and some of their features uh we're not experts so if we've messed it up be gentle with us but 
uh, if you know a certain program or uh, you have a suggestion for another program that you would say, hey, this is a uh, much easier one for a new user or someone, you know, this one might be good for an intermediate user or whatever, uh, please let us know and we will cover it. Or I should say, um, I will look into it because uh, Larry uh, is very busy editing all the flubs in this this episode out. So uh, I will look at it, uh, and uh, hopefully it, this was helpful. Yeah, hopefully it is. And if it's not, let us know, and we won't do any of the extra episodes, you know, the follow-on episodes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like these guys are total noobs. You're right, we are. But, you know, like I said, we won't take offense when you say, guys, you messed that one up. We hope we did all right. Yep. So our next episode will give us a break from photo editing and stuff. It's uh, our listener feedback episode as usual. Until then, you can go to our website at goinglinks.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe. We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done. And if you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux podcast community on community.goinglinux.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. 73. music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.